money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Yes, he does. He means a ton to us here on the Kenny and JT Show and the Cavs fans everywhere. Let's bring in the radio voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers, Tim Alcorn, joining us once again as we get ready to start the playoff push for the Cavs. How are you, Tootsie? I'm doing all right. Now, listen, there is no place I'd rather be and no one else that I would rather talk to right now than the best pick-and-roll combo in Canton, Kenny and JT. And of all the Audioverse affiliates that I chat with, you guys have the best intro for me. I, I, I just get a big smile on my face every time I hear the intro coming in. That's because we're not a bunch of stiffs like those other guys. <laughs> easy, 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 easy. That's his Joe Tate right there, easy, Timothy. Hey, we know how important walk-up music is. Look at SpongeBob SquarePants for Oscar Gonzalez right. last year, right? It gets you focused. It gets you fired up. It gets you ready to go. And we want you at your tippy-top shape to join us on the Kenny and JT Show. So we'll do this every time for you, Toots. How was your All-Star hey. break? Wasn't bad. Did some high school basketball and uh, got a chance to get away for a day or two. So all in all, uh, I enjoyed it, but excited to get back tonight. Yeah, I can imagine, Tim. Uh, I was doing some reading today, various stats all over the Internet about the Cavaliers, 21 remaining games. Supposedly they have one of the easiest schedules winning percentage-wise with their opponents left. Uh, the back-to-backs aren't as bad as some of the other teams like the 76ers in the Eastern Conference and, and everything. What's the vibe? Uh, you said you were sitting next to Brad Doherty yesterday at practice watching them and shoot around maybe today. What's the vibe of this team coming out of this All-Star break? Oh, Kenny, it's a positive vibe. Uh, Even though they lost that last game before the break in Philly where they dug themselves that 28-point hole, everybody's feeling really good. They had the seven-game winning streak before that loss to the 76ers. They're healthy. Uh, As you said, uh, the the final third, it's not even the back half of the schedule, the final quarter, really, 21 games, uh, seems to be in their favor. Now, you take them one at a time, but – all that being said, uh, there's a real positive vibe around this basketball team. Timmy, when we're looking at the remaining schedule, I was in Larry Gothrop's office a couple of minutes before the show, and we were looking at the schedule, and neither one of us could figure it out. Why did uh, NBA institute this, I guess we'll call it a baseball schedule, where you've got these games back-to-back nights in Brooklyn, Miami, and Orlando? Well, actually, to avoid the back-to-backs, as you just alluded to. They're not actually back-to-back. They're two games in three days. Oh. And and it's not a coincidence that they're more in that stretch run to the finish. And basically what the NBA is trying to do, guys, is cut down on that travel, uh, especially at the end of the year. So we'll go to Brooklyn, play a game, have an off day, play the Nets again, go to Charlotte, 
go to Miami, go to Orlando. There's four of those in the wow. final 21 games where we will be in a city for three days and play two games. And it's it's done to back off that travel hmm. so that you're not flying as much. So, yeah, it is kind of baseball-like, uh, but you do have the off day in between. Okay. So you'll kind of settle in and – uh, it's it's almost a mini playoff type of series because that's how the playoffs work. You go to a place, for example, you play game one, you have a day or two off, you play game two. So it's going to be a, a playoff type scenario in the sense of you get to play a team twice within three days. I love your perspective on that, Tim, and I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They have one of those uh, two games in three days in South Beach against Miami in the regular season, and there's a good chance they could have another one, right, in the postseason. So can J.B. Bickerstaff use this from a a mental approach to get those guys ready for that? Absolutely. And and I alluded to the one coming up in March with Brooklyn as well. They're still very much in that playoff hunt. So you're right. It would give them a taste. And these games are going to mean a lot to the Nets and to the Heat that you alluded to, Kenny. Uh, So it's going to give you a taste of what that playoff intensity is about, what it's like to play two games in three days in a city in a hostile environment. So I think it's going to be a great barometer. It's going to be a great litmus test and also a learning lesson for this young team. Timmy, obviously the huge news over the All-Star break is Kevin Love orchestrating the buyout. Uh, your thoughts on Kevin Love, why the Cavaliers would have let him go, and what you expect from here on out? Well, first of all, first of all, I think both sides handled this very, very well. Uh, as Kevin fell out of the rotation, uh, you didn't hear him complaining to the press or sources close to Kevin say, which is usually the source itself. Uh, he just kind of kept his head low, and uh, but he certainly expressed to JB and probably Kobe, listen, I want to play. I want to play. And they were very upfront with him to say, we've settled on our rotation, and right now you're not in it. So the decision was made, I think, amicably and on both sides to let Kevin Love go play somewhere. He wants to play. He has earned that right. He's a five-time All-Star. and He meant the world to this organization. Uh, rather than have him just languish uh, at the back end of our bench with DNPs night after night. So uh, I think the decision was made partly Uh, to accommodate Kevin. I think JB has settled on the rotation. He likes Dean Wade, uh, the recent signing of Danny Green. So I think he feels as though uh, with this stretch run coming and the playoffs right around the corner, uh, eight, maybe nine guys, uh, he's going to be set with that. And it didn't include Kevin. So uh, they allowed Kevin to go through the buyout process. And I think both sides handled it well. Uh, His impact on the organization uh, certainly won't be lost. Uh, as Kobe Altman said in the statement, his number will hang from the rafters someday at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse. And when that night and when that event occurs, uh, it'll be a huge celebration. But uh, unfortunately for Kevin and the Cavs, it didn't have that storybook ending where he closed out his career with the Cavs. But his impact on the organization is certainly one uh, that will re- be remembered for a long time. Mr. Broadway, we call him Tootsie because he loved it when he saw it on Broadway. He is Tim Alcorn joining us here on the Kenny and JT Show. You can follow him on a daily basis on Twitter at Cavs Alcorn. And, of course, hear him right here on WHBC whenever the Cavaliers play, and they will tonight, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off against the Denver Nuggets. Talk about getting your attention right out of the All-Star break, arguably the best team in the NBA they're going up against tonight. Tim, what do you know about who's in, who's out for both teams uh, as we get ready for this game tonight? 
Well, for Denver, uh, Aaron Gordon will not go. Uh, he was listed as out earlier today. But, hey, you've got the two-time reigning MVP and maybe going for the trifecta three in a row and Jokic uh, averaging a triple-double in the middle. Uh, you've got Jamal Murray and, of course, Michael Porter Jr. This is a terrific team. And I would have picked them out of the West until Phoenix landed Durant. Now I think that scrambles things a little bit. But Denver certainly has had an unbelievable season, and they are playing very, very well. Uh, for the Cavs, Ricky Rubio will not go back-to-back. Uh, -back. So the assumption is uh, as soon as we leave tonight after the game, we're flying right down to Atlanta. Uh, Ricky will go in the second game of the back-to-back -back with the Hawks on Friday night. So they're still going with that not playing Ricky back-to-backs, just determining which game he plays, which game he doesn't. So they elected to sit him tonight, and in all likelihood, he'll go tomorrow in Atlanta. What about the other guys with little nagging injuries? You mentioned Dean Wade earlier. Is he at 100% right now? Yes. Yeah, I, as I mentioned earlier, JT, I think this team is healthy. I mean, Good. you have the all-star break. Uh, you've got everybody kind of ready to go. Uh, it gave, it recharged the batteries a little bit, gave them a chance to kind of get rested. And I think this team is as healthy right now as they have been all season long. Tim, when you look at this team, the starting five looks to be set, right, with Okoro at the three now and everything else is good. Does he have a set rotation of who, from what you're seeing, okay, does he have a set rotation of who he goes to first off the bench, or does it depend on who they're going up against and changes night in and night out? Yeah, Kenny, I think it's more the latter. Uh, it's okay. more about matchups and more about the team they're playing uh, and maybe the way the game is flowing. If they need to get a, a backcourt guy in there first, you're looking at Rubio or Levert. Uh, if JB sees a matchup in the front court. Uh, it's going to be Dean Wade, who we just talked about, and I think Danny Green is going to play a part in that. But, yeah, it's all based on matchups and who they're playing that night rather than this guy is six, this guy is seven, and so forth. As I look at this team, Timmy, the one thing that I still have my concerns with, okay, and I think they've gotten a little bit better, but we're going to see more of it in the postseason, and that's physicality, especially with Darius Garland. He's the one guy – I let's be honest – if you're going up against Jokic and you're Jared Allen or um, Evan Mobley, right, you're going to get pushed around a little bit. He's got you by 50 pounds, whatever it is. I get that. But the guards and the pressure that people are putting on Darius Garland, I still think this is just me, that there's a scouting report out there that says get in his face, push him around, and he tends to get loose with the basketball and turn it over late in games. Uh, is this something that they've talked about at all, or have you heard anything along these lines that they need to address this? Well, I think they have addressed it. Uh, if you remember last year down the stretch, uh, he was just wore out. Uh, yeah. He was getting beat up, uh, especially in the late games uh, when everybody realized he's the guy that's going to carry this basketball team. Now you bring in Donovan Mitchell, and that eased it somewhat because you, didn't, you couldn't just key on Darius in the backcourt. But still, we've seen him get knocked around uh, right. during the course of the season this year. So. Yeah, I think there is a scouting report to go out and get physical with DG, and I think that's why you've seen JB try to limit his minutes a little bit. He's usually the first guy out uh, when JB goes to the bench early on just to give him a bit of a break. They're trying to limit all that contact. But, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, it's something that's a, a detriment to the team. I think DG has responded pretty well. He's averaging career high in points and assists, so it's not as though his game has faltered. 
but there's no doubt. You, you can see it. Teams are physically going after Darius Garland. I agree. And his speed will run those guys out of the gym. If, if, as far as I'm concerned, when you talk physicality and you go up against these uh, beasts in the middle, Joel Embiid and sometimes Giannis, those are the guys looking forward and moving forward that give me the most problems for Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley. Those two guys get toughened up, and I think you'll be in good shape. Yeah, I mean, there are big physical centers, uh, not only in the Eastern Conference, but as Kenny alluded to earlier, out West. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think we have to worry about that for a while. But, uh, yeah, Jared isn't that type of center, and he readily admits that. But there are ways to counter that. Uh, when Jared gets out on that high screen and plays the high post, and now you're drawing those big guys out, which creates lanes for a DG, for a Donovan Mitchell. So there's way to counter that to X and O wise, but sure. I mean, the big physical guys, uh, they don't just give Jared Allen and Evan Mobley challenges. Uh, they give everybody mm-hmm. challenges. That's why Embiid and Giannis are in the uh, conversation for MVP with Jokic, another big right. physical guy. Tim Alcorn is our guest here. We're talking Cavs basketball. The I'm calling it the playoff push begins tonight at home, Timmy, with 21 games left. Cavaliers sitting in fourth place right now. Uh, They trail the Philadelphia 76ers by two games in the Eastern Conference. Timmy, um, I saw where the Sixers' schedule is a lot tougher than the Cavaliers. Do you think there's a chance they could catch Philadelphia, or is it Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and then everybody else in the East? No, believe me, I think everybody's looking at those schedules. I mean, you can't put wins and losses in there, but you can certainly look at strength of schedule and are they on the road and you mentioned earlier, back-to-back. I think the Cavaliers could absolutely catch Philly. I don't know about Boston and Milwaukee. I think that's your one-two. Uh, but I would not be shocked if the Cavs ended up at three. I could live with four. Again, if you're four, right. you've got home court advantage in that first round. And before the season, I think everybody within the Cavs organization and fans and media had said, top six, let's avoid that plan. <laughs> now you get a little greedy and you go, okay, let's get home court. Uh, and I don't think three is out of the realm of possibility, and I think four is very much in the realm of possibility. So uh, I think they are absolutely 100% going to avoid the play-in, and I think that's a real positive. And, and that's where I was going to go next. Great minds think alike, Timmy. Last year, because of injuries, they fell out of the playoffs and had to go to the play-in and lost two games, and then they were played out, right? So do you feel confident enough that, yes, three would be ideal, four would be great because it's home court advantage, but at least five and six, this team's not going to fall any lower than six? I do agree with that. I think when you look at the standings, when you look at the Cavs' schedule and everybody else, uh, three through six, let's say, uh, I think it does play to the Cavs' advantage. Again, you can't put automatic wins in there and that sort of thing, but I think schedule-wise and, again, health-wise, this team is healthy. They're ready to go, and uh, to say they're excited about the stretch run would be a minor understatement. Uh, they're geared up, and I think last year left a bitter taste in their mouth that they didn't get to that playoffs, and so that's fueling them. So, yeah, I, I would go on record as saying absolutely they're going to be in that top six. Because for me, Timmy, what this season was all about, I didn't expect them to be a, a serious contender for the NBA championship, and I still don't think they are. You've got to crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you jump, right? So last year it was the play-in. I just wanted the playoffs this year. And ideally, yeah, 
get a seven-game series, uh, win a series, and get to the second round. That's the you know the perfect scenario. But at least get a seven-game series that maybe goes all seven to get the experience for these kids that haven't been there, with the exception of Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jared Allen, a small taste of actual playoff games. How important is that uh, for, for this team moving forward? Oh, it's huge. Guys, my dad used to always say to me, Tim, you can't buy experience off the shelf. <laughs> you have to earn yeah. it. You have to go yeah. out and earn experience. And that's true, man. These guys, meaning the younger guys, like DG and like the Coro and like Mobley, uh, they haven't been in a game three with two minutes to go and you're down by two and you need a bucket. That's a whole different type of pressure. That's a whole different type of intensity. And you have to experience that. You have to go through that. And you may stumble along the way. I mean, that's pressure time. But this team needs to experience that. Kenny, as you said, uh, the old cliche, but it's so true. you got to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. And you have to go through that process and go through those steps. And so a first-round best-of-seven playoff series, would be huge for the development and the growth of the team, no doubt. And if they could win the first round, wow, now you take that experience and you build on it into a second round. And the other thing, too, Tim, and I go back to those two losses against Kyrie and Kevin Durant and the Nets in the first game, then uh, Trey Young in the second game. Those teams had guys that could finish, that could go go get those two points or three points late, and that's why they went out and they got Donovan Mitchell to help, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you saw it last year in the second play-in game uh, with Trey Young. He had been in the Eastern Conference Finals the year before. Now, they didn't win, but he knew that pressure, and he knew what he had to do in the second half against the Cavaliers to get Atlanta to that next round. And so uh, he was a guy that rose to the occasion. And, and the other players that you've mentioned, they have been there. They have gone through that. And there's not an NBA player that won't tell you until you've gone through it You don't know what that experience is like. But to your point, Donovan Mitchell has been through it. Danny Green has been through it. Ricky Rubio has been through it. So those veterans, both on and off the floor, are going to be there to lead this young basketball team. Yeah, we can't wait to hear you call the action, watch it as well, and uh, get those postseason games at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Tim Alcorn, we always appreciate the time. Have a great call tonight and for the rest of the regular season, and we'll do this throughout the stretch run, all right? Oh, always sounds sounds fun when you guys say, hey, can you have me on? Uh, The best pick-and-roll combo in camp. No place I'd rather be. There he is, the one, the only, we call him Tootsie. You know him as Tim Alcorn, the radio voice of your Cleveland Cavaliers. It's Kenny and JT on WHBC.